Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions. Today I have my buddy, PJ, who's all the way in Maryland. How you doing, buddy? What's up, man? How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. You staying safe down there? I don't go out at night, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best no. bet, especially in Maryland. You're near Baltimore, right? I'm right in it, right at the Inner Harbor. So Yeah, <laughs> it's best you're in your house locked up. Yep, yeah. <laughs> when it starts going down, I go inside. So. Yeah. Well, anyway, so today we are going to talk about this bad boy right here, which is, you know, as John calls it, a fan album. It's uh, Burning Bridges, uh, released on August 21st, uh, 2015, produced by John Shanks and John Bon Jovi, obviously. And uh, Shanks also plays all the guitar on this album, the lead guitar. Um, as John has said in the past, this this album was more of a special album was it, it was songs that were never finished you know a lot of fans you know try to pinpoint when these songs were written by john's vocals well, you can't go by that because a lot of these songs uh were actually just written and never sung recorded and so john kind of you know to let me back up for a second this album was to fulfill at the time with mercury records they were and in their contract because they were at a dispute. They weren't coming to terms with things. And so they said, we, we want another album. Well, John said, you know what? I'll give you this album instead of the new one that they were working on, which was This House Is Not For Sale. And so John went back and found, you know, n- you know there was a couple of new ones on there, but then there was also eight that uh, John had found and they finished writing and recorded and, and stuff like that. Um, so it's a fan album that you know with just a bunch of outtakes from different albums. Uh, I think I think a lot of these songs go back to them, at least probably the last ten years, which we'll go over. You know, which songs I think what from which album. Um, what what is your overview of the album before we get into more detail? Same question because if you, the average person that's like, oh, a new Bon Jovi album. And they would go and do their research. A lot of the big people that are reviewing the album, you know, didn't really like it that much. But that's what I like about it, because it wasn't made for everyone, really. I mean, it was, but it's a fan album. We did it. He did it to us. We we needed something to hold us over. Richie had left. Yeah. We had no idea what was going to happen. And it's kind of like he was like, here's a blanket. Got you. And really, there's a lot of um like ballads on here slower songs but mm-hmm. i kind of like those on the long car rides but um overall i love it i love it man and you you know it's funny because you said that we needed something like this because i remember you know the, the the what about now tore into pretty quick you know at the end of 2013 and 2014 there were rumors about potentially this you know we we would learn this house is not for sale would be common, but we didn't know when. And then all of a sudden, I remember seeing on social media, you know, uh, rumors about record company in dispute with Bon Jovi, and you didn't hear anything about. You're like, what's going on? You know, nothing from John. You know, John likes to keep it inner circle. And then I remember I was in college, mortuary school at the time, and I remember I woke up and there was like, you know, usually there's like, you, you know, how social media is now. There's always rumors that new music is coming new music is coming mm-hmm. and we didn't see anything like that if i'm not mistaken and i remember i, I woke up one day for mortuary school and i and i saw two new singles out today 
Uh, we don't run in Saturday night game in Sunday morning. And you're like, oh, okay, is this for the new upcoming? Um, uh, this house is not for sale. And then you, you, we later find out that day that it was for burning bridges, which, yeah. and then John kind of, or there's a little article that kind of gave the story about this is fulfilling a record company contract, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, as John said back then, there was no promo for this album. It oh. was just, here it is. You know, and, I, you know, we'll talk about the album cover in a second. You know, John pretty much put in, like, he, quote unquote, he put it in a paper bag and gave it to the record company. And that's what you know, it is. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of weird because, like, you were like, you weren't expecting it, you know, because, like, we knew this house was coming, so we were hyped for that. But then we got this as kind of like an early gift before the album. So, yeah. uh, but we'll talk about the album cover, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I think it kind of stands for what music was about to John, you know, having that imagery. You know, and if you look at it, you know, you can see, like, obviously it's not worn but the picture is you know of a worn record yeah. sitting you know so i think that shows how they've you know the the longevity you know thir over 30 years at the time with the record company um and so i think it was kind of his shot at the the music and show where it was going you know and obviously you and i will never know what those terms that they were just my guess was greed with the record company, the record company, especially when you listen to Burn Burgess, which we'll get into, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of, lot of greed and, you know, I think they wanted more royalty, you know, the, as far as the record company, because I think they wanted more than what they were getting. And I don't think- They could be a numerous amount of things. They could, uh, you know, John's very hands-on, obviously, but mm -hmm. when it's releasing music, and that's the thing about this album too, is when you have diehard fans, like they've released the songs, and you're supposed to listen through the album for certain reasons. And John put songs out there. And I feel like maybe with the way music is now, they want to be more hands-on with maybe his music as well. And I think he was like, uh-uh. I've been doing this for 30 years. This is how I'm going to do it. But exactly. we don't know. You're the one that's talked to the man. So I don't know. <laughs> but that's all our questions you ask. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and like I said, there was no promotion for this album. You know, I remember there was a, and you can't find these interviews anymore. You know, I've looked on YouTube because it's funny because before the record company and John came back to terms and, you know, made another contract to keep continuing with each other, there was, there was maybe a few interviews. They weren't for promotion for this album, but it was just overall. Cause I remember there was one, John was in Vancouver and he was doing a show with the Kings of Suburbia. And that, that, you can still find that here and there. But I remember he went into depth about this. And there's a couple more where he was asked about this album. And he went into depth. But then it's funny because after they went, they got back into terms, those videos disappeared. Yeah, but I, I remember how pissed off he was at the record company. I mean, he's, you know, the, the record company was changing and he cut back for any kid that was getting into the business and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but he never specifically went out to promote this album. And it, it Fairly did well, you know. Like like we both said, it was a fan album that you and I would go buy, you know. And maybe some general fans, but you know, this is pretty much like a like kind of like the box at a diehard album for the, yeah. for the hard fans. Um, you know, there was no promo tour either. But what's funny was, you know, I remember when John said that there was going to be no tour for this, there was going to be no this, no that, and then all of a sudden they released these tour dates that they never went to before, I don't believe. 
And uh, I think they went to Jakarta, Bangkok, Singapore, South Korea, China, Koala, the United Arab, and then Israel. You know, it, it wasn't for the, it was just like called like Bon Jovi Live. Yeah, I remember that. I was like, yeah. man, I, I couldn't. Um, and no, those looked like good show. I was really hoping they'd come to the States with those. You know, I was finishing up college. So I couldn't go to those shows and, you know, the travel in and then, um, you know, those were kind of areas that you're kind of like, yeah, should I go to those areas? You know, but I mean, those shows looked incredible. You know, you had Matt O'Ree on that tour. You had um, uh, obviously Phil X and, and Shanks on it too. And just, it was so, it was like kind of like a greatest hits tour. You know, and the only time that they played from this album was We Don't Run. You know, and I, I remember I was looking at, at YouTube every night or looking for updates from every show. I was like, oh, please put, Saturday night game and Sunday morning or this or that, none. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was kind of his point of saying that this wasn't a tour to promote the album. Yeah, it wasn't meant for that. Mm -hmm. My thing is like, Bon Jovi, the whole band, and you're at the end where your record deal is like, hey, we can't go any further. And then they're like, you still owe us an album. Mm -hmm. you're that passionate about music and you have it made and you have to be like, I have to give my babies to you. And like, I wonder how the band felt while they're, you know, when they had to get up, go and get it. Hey, do we have to do this just to fulfill it? Like, I wonder how the emotions were when it came to a difference in recording and everything else with this album, you know, yeah. was there anger in it? Obviously you can tell by a few of the songs on here. Oh, absolutely. There's three of them on here where it's just direct. And it's crazy that they put the album out and Mercury was just like, oh, great. We wish him nothing but the best in this. I'm glad things worked out. But I thought that too. Like, how how does one go and put out something that's not going to be complete garbage just for the fact of putting it out? And yeah. they want to put it, knowing nothing's coming out from it after it. So, yeah. I give yeah. It- you know, I know they're digging into the vaults now a lot more, you know, for the experience of 40 years coming up. But, you know, back then, you know, back in 15, he's going through, I think these were some of his favorite songs that he had written that he wished he would have, you know, rec- and I think I remember him saying that in an interview that these were some of the songs that he wished he had put out. Mm-hmm. And you can so. tell songs, too, where I try and point out, like, were these maybe cuts for uh, This House Is Not For Sale? Because they kind of have a, a kind of twist to it that kind of sounds like it. And that's why I liked about this album because there's like there's it goes all through it of different kinds of Bon Jovi genre, shall I say? And that's pretty cool for the fans, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Well, let's start digging into the tracks. Uh, yeah. The first one is "Teardrop to the Sea," which was written by John and Billy Falcon. I remember this was because we were given the option, maybe even the day of, that when we don't run a Saturday night, we're released as a single. I think we were given the option with pre-order. And I remember a week later, which they they promoted that if you bought, if you pre-ordered the album, you could also get Teardrops to the Sea at, immediately. So then we had three. So I remember on August 7th, we had three songs. You know, and this is two weeks prior to the release of the album. So I remember when that came out. And, uh, you know, and we talked, and you were talking about a little bit of the difference of how this album was compared to the other album with more ballads. It's kind of weird to see this as an intro song. No, and I think that's kind of like okay, you know, it, as a fan, 
buying this album, you, you listen to it from start to finish, and you're like, okay, this is kind of gives you the feel of what you're going to expect. Mm. You know, not a typical Bon Jovi album. I would like that they started this with like a slower ballad because there are a handful of them on here just to get you ready. And I'd like to know the purpose of why that would be like that. Um, mm. Like the second song, I'm not going to jump. We don't run. They should have started with that. Just get you right into it. Mm-hmm. But uh, let me point out on my notes here, other songs that Billy Falcon has helped John Bon Jovi write with. Uh, like Just Older, Everybody's Broken, Last Man Standing, When We Were Beautiful. So he's in a mix of a lot. And uh, I thought this song kind of had a When We Were Beautiful feel to it. I think that was, I like to think this song was written somewhere around that time. Like it had a nice day. <laughs> era and it's just been sitting so See, I, I feel like it's been written for what about now album just the way that the lyrics you know if the the last day i've been my workouts i've been listening to this album just to prepare for this and i was thinking to myself you know what i used to think that too i used to think that it was for maybe the circle era uh, but recently, just the way that the if you compare the lyrics to this song to those, you know, the circle What About Now, it fits more to the What About Now era. Yeah, I oh. I agree on that. But um, my point now is that Billy Falcon has helped write it, so therefore his songwriting into it is kind of very. The song itself has a welcome to wherever you are kind of tune to it. Yeah, that's true. Like, written for like another album but i think with his you'll see things in here and that's what i did a lot of research on with different co-writers in here is what's the song what do their songs kind of sound like when they mix with john bon jovi because you can really see differences once we get through here absolutely as to who's writing what and how they go i'd love to see like the songwriting sessions like how do you go from point a from an idea to finishing it. And I know you're into the playing guitar now too. So it's like, yeah. it probably eases you how you hear stories about how him and Richie used to get together and just get a song out by lunchtime or something. I and know, it's, like, it's crazy. Of everything, my goodness, like just to be that musically and lyrically gifted is awesome. You know, ever since I started, that's a straight away, you know, ever since I started to learn to play guitar, you know, obviously, I want to learn Bon Jovi songs. I don't care to listen to the easy, you know, songs to learn on guitar. I want to learn Bon Jovi songs. And you actually learn to really appreciate the songs even more than you already do because of how complex and, you know, like Richie makes it look so easy playing guitar. Man, it is hard to play his stuff. But, oh, yeah. But anyway, so... The, for another day. Exactly. So... To me, I think this song is about, um, you know, another, you know, the, the title, Teardrop to the Sea, you know, just another, you know, like a wave in the ocean, like, because we can, you know, just another one of a million, you know, and I think this song is just about everyone being down on their luck, looking back at what's been lost for a cost uh, of something else, and, you know, mm-hmm. and, but you're just, you're with everybody else who's at despair at the moment, you know, we're all at down pretty much just down on, on their luck and that is what was great about john bon jovi lyrically is man that man can put out some great rhyming just all the words just run together in some very deep uh hard-hitting emotional songs that make sense when it's done you'd be like wow that just kind of 
it feels good in the brain and it kind of gets you emotional sometimes. And like, how, how does one write that? Like, exactly. always, that always gets my brain how you'll be like, wow, how do they think of that word and just that verse, how it ties with the last one. And, yeah. and it makes you feel included, you know, because like there's a lot of Bon Jovi songs out there that you listen to and you go, wow, I mean, he gets me, you know, that's exactly, you, you, you can't put into words how you feel until you listen to a song and go, that is how I feel. Yeah, like if I could write a song about what I'm feeling, he already did it for me. Exactly. It's like he wants one of us. <laughs> yeah. You know, as far as the sound on this song too, what I really like with the beginning is that slow drum and guitar intro, and then that whoa, you know, in the, in the faded background, you know, I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it kind of has that mysterious sound to it. You don't know where the song is going, but then you it finally meets the sound that you it's hard to explain it has that typical distorted background sound in my opinion yeah really- i wish i knew more about that stuff so i could just be like oh yeah it's whatever town yeah. we just move together yeah blowing <laughs> hot air who knows right. uh, and uh, i think the chorus i think the chorus really stands out for me in this song you know especially when how he starts you know with love pick me up and mm-hmm. then you know it goes full born with the chorus yeah. i love that because i think that's what really adds the passion to that song is that one line love pick me up mm-hmm. you know um, how it gets there and then it, he just picks it up with his voice through it and just carries it so yep. like, people are with him i, I love it exactly. you have I was, a favorite you have a favorite lyric of, of this song? Uh, not in this one. I say that the, the 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 ballads on these. I'm 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 very different when it comes to music. How I say it for other people. Uh, when this album came out, not to switch off of the question, I go through them real quick, and then they come and get to me, and they get to me. And my favorite favorite song in this album are coming up. Well, I could talk you'll probably shut me up for a couple minutes. So I'm not going to pick a favorite verse on this one. I love the, the buildup of the song more than anything. Okay. Like it starts off slow, and then John's voice carries it very much towards the, towards the yeah. chorus and stuff. That's what really gets me in the song more, more than lyrically in it. And that's what I like most about it. And I want to back up two for a second, too, because if you listen to a lot of the guitar work, on this song, like the solo, it reminds me a lot about Destination Anywhere era. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I also think to myself, was this potentially a song he started writing back during Destination and then later, later, much years later, got back with Billy Falcon, maybe even during for this album and finished it with Billy Falcon and recorded it. You know, it just has that Destination Anywhere vibe to it as well. Yeah, and I, I compare a lot of Destination Anywhere sounds to What About Now album sounds you know, here and there, especially lyrically and then, you know, guitar-wise. So I mean, it could have very well been a song that was written. And then he had a tune for a song and just kind of combined them together. I've, I've felt that a lot through this album, too, because you'll be like, oh, this is definitely something that was written for The Circle or something. Oh, yeah. Here's some kind of guitar riff, and you'll be like, wait, you know, it yeah. kind of makes another one. Which is why I love this album, when especially when it's a fan album, that that's something that we can try and figure out. Exactly. My favorite line of the song is, it's just broken glass, chalk lines on the scene, move along, move along, ain't nothing here to see. You know, yeah. kind of yeah. pretty much, you know, 
I'm broken too, and you know, there's nothing to see here anymore. And I, I love that line, mm-hmm. which is uh, also like a, a welcome to wherever you are kind of lyric. That's yep. why I feel from some of that stuff. It's more of like a, hey, we're all broken. Let's just keep on going. You know, yeah. uplift kind of deal. And but there, I don't think there's any uplift to the song. I don't think there's any. You know, a lot of the, all these songs about being in despair, so there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. This one is just pretty much, I'm joining the club, I'm another teardrop to the sea, I'm at my despair, there's nothing left to see. Yeah. You know? So oh, it's definitely one of those songs that when you're down and you, you're just pissed off at the world, it's one of those songs you just put on and you're like, this is it. You know? Then you find it at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting, like, say, that has... has John Bon Jovi felt these feelings, you know, or this is something he worked up, which made was comfort to me because I'm like, man, at least somebody at that stat- stature has been yeah. close with us as well. What I like to think of who hasn't ever felt like that, you know, right. no, no one, you know, you can, people can say, but I, I doubt that not one single person has ever felt depressed or sad or at despair. You know, we all have those feelings, just like we feel happy and, you know, that, that's a whole conversation for another uh, but let's go to the next track, uh, We Don't Run. Yes. Uh, it was obviously one of the first of the two singles released on July 31st of 2015. It was written by John and John Shanks. Um, and it was actually a song that John was writing at the time for This House Is Not For Sale. And I remember in an interview back in 2015, John was blown away by how well-perceived that song was, how popular it was because he was still back and forth on putting it on This House Is Not For Sale album. And he said, because the fans loved it so much, they put it on This House as well. And I think that's why it got played live too on the 2015 tour, because of how well perceived it was. If I can be honest though, I Saturday Night was my favorite out of the two singles. We Don't Run was kind of like, eh. It, but it grew on me after I saw it live on the This House tour. you know. Yeah. But when I first heard it, I was like, I don't, I don't know. What was your reaction when you first heard this one? Well, after A Teardrop to the Sea, this one came on. And right away, I was like, this should have been the start of the album. It's quick, get into it. It's got a rock and roll feel to it. It's getting right to the point of what's in the album, why. You know, like he said, there's many songs in here that are just what's going on and with the record deal and you can see a lot of sharp shots and a few songs but on top of that when i was going through for this and trying to figure out who's in there this definitely has a very john shanks tune to it absolutely sure like and that's what's crazy about a lot of these albums is you'll switch up a little bit and you can see who took it but yeah this song is totally was a was a song for this house is not for sale um it came on here, like you said, and they added it to the other one again, which I'm glad they did, because like you said, I believe they played this um, when we went, when I saw you in Cleveland. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I was with you, too, on that. There's, there's a few songs where I'm like, nah. man, it just grows on you. And honestly, with the past few weeks going over for this, and I've been rocking out to that more than anything. Yeah. I put it on during my workouts and it, and it pumps me up, you know, and, and I'll tell you why. What I really like about this song now is that it's it's really driven by the drums. Yeah, you know? it is. 
Uh, and then the the whoa, you know, thing comes in, and then the guitar comes in, and then all of a sudden with the verses, you know, John's vocals are they're, they're kind of like fast in your face, and it's a, a boost of confidence. So you know, if we compare the first track, Teardrops to the Sea, to We Don't Run, you know, you know, I think it's fine in about, you know, if if you really want to compare, you know, if you're looking at, you know, if you're standing in 2015, you're looking back with what happened with Richie. And the record company, you know, John was out of despair. So you look at that, and then the next song is We Don't Run, and it's back, you know what? We're going to keep continuing. We're going to keep, uh, you know, the, what the song is about, about not backing down despite what you're faced with, you know? Mm -hmm. and I think John was really writing a lot about Richie and the record company with this song. You know, and the, the critics, too, you know, saying, oh, Bon Jovi's not going to last anymore because of, you know, Richie's departure and blah, blah, blah. And... John Primer saying we don't run. You know, we're gonna stand our ground, we're gonna keep doing what we do, and you know, like it, you don't like it. If you do, you do. Yeah. yeah. He, he uh I think that they really did a good job on this song, just really trying to get the point across. Just to start with it right towards that front album there. Exactly. It is. It's a it's a very strong anthem. I think it's the anthem of, of the album. Um, and I'm glad he kind of, you know, they kind of did finish it and put it on uh, this house. Um, another thing I really like about this song, too, and uh, he does it at the end of the second verse and then right before the guitar solos when there's thunder on the mountain. You know, like it's kind of like distorted in the background. You, you hear it. I really, really dig that. I think that was kind of kind of unique. Yeah, it's a it's a great build up, and it, it kind of paints a picture for you in the song. Yeah, you can go with. Yeah, and, and the guitar solo is really good too. And I don't think Phil X is even credited on this album. You know, I, I and look. I know he does it live, but I don't think that you know, you can really tell the dif difference between Shanks and Phil on the solos. That's definitely a Phil X solo. Yeah, and it's, and it, it's, it's a. That he's not um, credited on, on this album, and he 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 did record on it, you know. Well, we gotta think too when all that was going down, and when this was probably recorded. Say Richie left in 2013, correct? Mm -hmm. And the Phil kind of, thank God, Phil jumped in and, and saved the day. And then like, we don't know if like, was Phil even gonna be like, I'm, I'll be part of the band for you know the next how many years has it been? Ten years now almost, like. Yeah. I think that's a really big deal of credentials on albums when it goes yeah. to this. You saw you saw how that was with with um, when they got inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like it was yeah. a it was last minute. They they were gonna Kiwi could be wrote on his name on on everything and had the whole band. They only wanted the original five. And, yeah. um, I'm sure there's something to do with that. It's probably a, a mix of things. But like you said, though, you can definitely tell it's it's. Or, my God, I hope it's Phil rocking out on there. <laughs> Here I am saying it's not John Shanks. That's definitely Phil. I mean, it, you know, if you listen to, you know, a lot of this album and then this house, even 2020, you can definitely tell which solos are who. And, mm -hmm. and say Tom Blue in the face, I always thought Phil should have had more guitar solos on these albums. But that's another conversation. Yeah. But so I really love Phil on this song, especially when he plays it live solo. Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 really good, you know. I think it really adds that special touch to the song, you know, especially at the end of the da 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 da. We don't, you know. I don't. Know. So I do 
impressions and stuff, but then I start singing it and it'd be bad. And <laughs> <laughs> you take on, on that one, buddy. Yeah. Do you have a favorite lyric on this one? Yeah, I'll tell you best one that catches my eye, which Sam, I'm, which I'm, I'm sad that I don't have like a favorite lyric that really gets me in Teardrop to the Sea. I'm gonna say that one's just like, I don't know. When I jump into this album, half the time I'll jump to this song and I'll switch through, whatever the feeling is. But when he talks about, I'm not afraid of burning bridges because I know they're gonna light my way. Like what a good, because most people are like, oh, don't burn no bridges. John Bon Jovi's more like, I don't, I don't care. I'm not going to use foul language. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't care. Lighten my path for what's ahead of me is what he's trying to say in there. And that's a good, that really hit me good with that. Um, because your whole life, let's say you're told don't burn bridges. But then John Bon Jovi's sitting there saying like, those people don't care about you. Keep on going. Let that light your path in front of you. Like that's like, the one that hits me on the whole thing. Yeah. Like, that puts me forward with it. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. I think he's writing about the record. And we later find out when you listen to Burning Bridges, you know, it's definitely about the record company. Yeah. Uh, my favorite line is, uh, nothing is forever when tomorrow's calling, dancing with the devil to get one day back. You know, I love yeah. that. I love that line. Uh, let's go to the next one. Saturday Night Gave Me Sunday Morning, which was the other single released on the 31st. It was written by John Ritchie and John Shanks. This is the only song on the album that uh richie has credits on and this is actually john has said it this this song was actually written for the circle album and this is actually every bon jovi album it's always a deep track that's my favorite on the album this is the only album that a single is my favorite song of the of the album so this is my favorite one this is and, one of my favorite bon jovi songs as of recent i listen to i listen to this song i kid you not three, four times a day. Sounds crazy. But man, I love everything about this song. This is totally, it, you can, this, this song separates itself from all the others, in my opinion. It's got the guitar. It's got, the lyrics are great in this song. When you, don't even ask me my favorite lyric in the song because I know. <laughs> the song is awesome. Like, yeah. what a great song just for someone that you love, someone that cares for you and just picks you up. And just, it's got mm -hmm. a good point to cross it. I could talk about this song for an hour if I want to, and I'm not going to. Yeah, I remember when I first heard because I woke up and then there was the, the announcement that they were releasing these songs. I remember I, I was at the end of college in mortuary school, and I remember it was just so brutal. I had one month left. We were studying for finals and comps, and you know these exams I had to do to get in order to get my license and my degree and all that. And I was I was just so stressed with my life, and I felt there was a lot of weight on my shoulders. And I was so thankful that there was new Bon Jovi music coming. And I remember putting this song on. And I mean, I know the song is more about you know new day, new beginnings. You know, like you said, having someone in your life that just picks you up at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, something. And but this song really gave me hope that you know, you know, Saturday night is the rough, and Sunday morning is the light. And so I thought, you know what? getting through the next month and a half to get my degree is going to be the rough but sunday morning is going to be when i look back and i graduated and i think i did it and so this the song really gave me a lot of that hope um and what i really when I, I remember when i first listened to the album or the song and that intro i was living my life like a long lost week you know i was that's like oh, i mean that that's what that's what pulls you into the song is yeah. that 
the vocals of this song, you know, and then yeah. the way that John, uh, Tico comes in, you know, um, you know, like my favorite line, you came walking in late, but just in time, you ended my excuses with a 10 cent rhyme, your shoes and attitude were stacked way, way up high, you right then, you're the story of my life. I mean, just that, that build up into the chorus, you know, was like, fuck, that is good. And on top of that, think of how well, all the, like I was, I'm, I'm glad you said those, those, that verse, because think of how well that verse and all the words, how well they lyrically tie in together and how much that just little bit makes so much sense and speaks so much volumes. Like, yeah. We could talk just about that verse for a while. And there's right. so many ones in here. Like that, this song hits, man. I love it. Yeah. And as much as, and you wonder how much of the song was actually finished when they, when it was a circle outtake. So maybe it was just written, but I can see why it didn't make the circle. You know, if, if you, if they had finished it, it was just like how we listened to it. I can see why it didn't fit the circle album. Mm -hmm. I still, I still would love it just as much if it was on the album, but uh, it, it, it's, it's so good. It, you know, like you said, it's just, it's about the love of your life who, that pulled you through dark days and it could be anybody, you know, just exactly. And I also, like I said, I think it's also about new beginnings and, you know, like, like, like my story with how, when I was finishing up college and stuff, you know, like, like how am I going to get through it? Cause it was, it was tough. I mean, the exams and you know, blah, blah, blah. And, but I did it. And, uh, that Sunday morning was my, you know, looking back and gra being graduate, graduated and stuff. So it, it's amazing how you can relate to the song in different ways, you know. Like, I'm almost in the same, uh, I have a similar situation. So this was out, and um, I was, when I, when I saw you in Cleveland, if you remember, I was going through, uh, I got a car accident, and I was getting ready to have some back surgeries and stuff. Right. And, um, this was right there with all of it. And this song, you know, you wake up after surgeries and stuff, and you just, not feeling it and you know and this song yeah. you, you put on and just kind of lifts you up like i said if i could if this song came out just in time <laughs> yeah just in time. Walking late, just in time yeah yeah and, uh, and the lyrics really got me and really picked me up for years man like i said even now that i'm doing better and everything's great i put this song on probably first thing in the morning and it really just makes my day better and i'm not saying this for the album just to say it if my girlfriend was here, you can ask her. I listen to this song all the time. She even knows the words to it. I listen to it yeah. so much. <laughs> One of those uplifting songs, for sure. Yeah. And I, I love the outro to it, too, you know, with uh, the guitar and the drums. And the da, 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 You know, I, I can't make it. I, can make, I can't make the sound. You know what I'm talking about. Anyone that's watching this will know what I'm talking about. Um, let's go to the next one. Um, yeah. Uh, we All Fall Down, which is written by John and Richie. This is my second favorite song. This has such a great message uh, to it. You know, pretty much that, like the title says, we all fall down. You can overcome any obstacle. And we all make mistakes and you're never alone. So don't ever feel like you're left out. And um, I, I think this was written for the circle. Just, you know, if you look at the lyrics, you know, it just makes me feel like it was something rooting for either have a nice day or the circle. I like to think, um, yeah, I was going to say welcome, a very welcome to wherever you are feeling again. Uh, I was going to say have a nice day on there. I think there's a few songs in this um, that that are very have a nice day-ish. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple, man, this song is really, I found a, a tie in it. And um, 
I'm going to jump ahead of you here and take on with the, the lyrics here, because I, I wrote this out separate because I, I tied these two together. John Bon Jovi, when he was on Oprah's Masterclass, his, my, okay. one of my favorite quotes, and I, I think this is where maybe this tied in when they finished it. It has to be. One of, one of my favorite quotes of John Bon Jovi is, when you're climbing that mountain and you get to the top, truth of the matter is, you're just at the bottom of another mountain and it's there to climb. And there's a lyric in here, and so once you climb the top of the mountain, truth of the matter, I'm reading, I'm back and forth on my notes. But the truth of the matter is, in this song, it's about climbing mountains. Uh, absolutely. And I and think that's all time you climb right back up. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, my favorite line is, down on your luck, you're feeling small. The little things seem 10 feet tall, watch your dreams fall apart at the seams. I relate to that lyric so much because, like, the line, you know, the little things seem 10 feet tall. You know, whether it's my profession or something, you know, I always overthink myself sometimes. And I'm thinking, you know, like, the littlest things that you just, you stress about for days. And then you look back at it and think, like, why did I stress over that? I mean, that's that's something so little. Mm -hmm. and, you know, so that, that, that line, I can really relate to um one of the one of the most interesting lyrics that, now, go ahead. i was gonna say climbing every mountain how high it doesn't matter exactly and like i said I, I love little clips and lyrics that he throws in there that are just for positivity and for someone like me and say man sometime every day like a struggle and it's like man just go at it just gotta keep on yep. going exactly um, you know, and I, I love that acoustic intro too. And uh, you know, that you're just talking about the co the chorus. You know, the the chorus is. I think the chorus is what really hits you lyrically. You know, that's what you really get the feel of the song. Um, and then one more. I want to add one more thing about the lyrics. What, it, it's interesting. Every time I hear it, it's always an interesting lyric. The bridge, when we're all trying to to fit in trying not to chicken out. I think that's how, yeah, that's how it goes, you know. But just the line, trying not to chicken out, you know, you don't usually hear him have lines like that, you know, but it's it's fitting for the song, you know. I don't know, that's just me overthinking it, I think, but that's, you never have hear him have that kind of lyric. Some people like, we could overthink something, like we could talk about a song for an hour, if yep. you want, and it's just, Bon Jovi stuff. <laughs> right. Let's go to the next one, Blind Love, which is written by John. Uh, this is actually also released with Teardrops to the Sea. If you pre-order digitally, you'd get this song immediately on August 7th. And uh, a lot of people didn't know this. Um, when I had Lorenza on a couple of years ago, or last year, for Bon Jovi discussion, she had told me that she uh, orchestrated the strings for... Um, um blind love and so you know john does a lot well not a lot but he does it quite a bit on his runaway trips or with the kings of suburbia and i love it. it it's really good you know it's one of those uh soothing songs i think you know just one of those john and david songs but then later with uh lorenza in it mm -hmm. um i i think i have a feeling this was written for what about now or this house um just because it seemed like you know if, if you look at this house you have 
real love, you have labor of love. And then you got blind love, you know? So I think John was like, you know, we can't put three songs with the word love in it, in the title. Hot, hot, same so, thing. But I also think it kind of resembles the What About Now vibe. So I definitely think it was either written in 2013 or it was one of the new ones. And John said, you know what? I don't want to put this on this house. I want to put it on Burning Bridges. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, Man, what, what on, the, on the song? Yeah, it's, it's what do I like about it? Man, I when I when I first really hammer in the song and so I don't I don't hammer like slow ballads a lot and close my eyes. and I can think one of the things where if you were to go out and just. For instance, I did, I've done a lot of driving from Maryland to Buffalo, New York, and back. And this is one of them songs that when it's like late at night, you leave your loved ones, girlfriends, etc., people you miss. It's another one of them. It's just you and your car by yourself. You're driving, and you just start singing with it. Yep. <laughs> and you know, no one else is with you. You know, it's not, I don't know if I put it on while me and my buddies or something are in there to rock out, but this is definitely, to me, a personal very alone song that's how i interpret it too i think it's about you know whether it's losing someone with death or a relationship or just like you said just being away from home you know Mm -hmm. it's just being without them and you know it's it's their blind love is what carries you through you know and that they love they love you loved you um and that's what carries you through you know like like the one line that i really like in the song i like how it ends with it too Welcome to another hard night. You made it through another day. And to me, that line right there kind of makes me think of it as it's a song that's also about losing someone that you've loved. Mm-hmm. You know, like carrying through life, you know, like you're wondering how you're going to get through without that person. And so that line, welcome to another hard night when you're all alone without that person, but you realize you made it through another day without them. And you don't know how, but you did. Yeah. And so yeah. Welcome to another morning. The sun, the sun's still shining. Yeah, exactly. I'm doing it again. Yeah. So I think I think the song is a lot about you know life continuance without that person that you. Uh, say there's a few, and I I don't want to sound you know kind of repetitive in it, but yeah, like a lot, a lot of the songs that you see John write, especially slow songs, are very intimate, and there's there's a, a core reason in it, like you said, missing somebody. Or somebody that that's passed, or something like that, and there's more of a hey, we feel this, but he lyrically puts it in songs, and it's like this is how we're gonna keep getting going with it. Yeah, and I love. I personally, as Bon Jovi fan, I love the the very slow, intimate John Bon Jovi songs. Like just him, it's almost like him just talking to you, just yep. kind of giving bad advice. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, and I also think, well, I, in a way, I think it could also be a spiritual song as well. You know, like God's blind. You know, I'm, I'm not religious and I don't I won't get into all that stuff. But I also think, too, with John's religion, I think, you know, it could also be about God's blind love. I could you, know, you know, that's spiritual, you know, about getting it through another day and, um, you know, like. My favorite line of the song is, no one said it would be this easy, but no one said it would be this hard. You know, so that's kind of like, like an overview of life. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I know life's not easy, but no one said life would be this hard. Same same thing about our perception on what we think it's about, about losing someone you love. You know, 
not how hard it is to get through life without someone. Um, it's, is it very, very deep. I wonder what he, what, like I said, I think when I hear songs like this, was, was that one of the days where he was, I don't know, just a little sad or something happened and he just, he just told the family, like, I'm going down to the basement or wherever he, the lab, as they call yeah. it, I'm going to write this one out. I, got it. I like yeah. to know. Because it was written just by him, so you know, you know, it's you know coming from just him, you know. So, yeah. next one is "Who Would You Die For," which is written by John and Billy Falcon. To be honest with you, this is one of those songs that I wasn't too crazy about when it first came out. The last couple of years, I've I've learned to love it more, and I enjoy it now. I think it was definitely an experimentative song. I I, I like to think this was written for "What About Now." Man, I, I, I said um, I had a circle feel to it, but the more I've been listening to it, I say especially as of recent, it has a very old, almost like an original Bon Jovi, the, the first album kind of CD kind of, almost it like an 80s slow kind of tune to it. It's I, funny you say that because I was going to say the same damn thing. It really does. I'm like, okay, what songs kind of sound the same? And then I'm like, man, it's got a very, very early Bon Jovi kind of roll to it. Yeah, it does. But like you say, it's got Billy Falcon on it, so that man's been around for a while. Yeah, so it was it definitely post-2000. Um, I think it's for What About Now. Um, but, you know, I think this song is all about, you know, being crazy in love for someone, knowing that you would die for them. But you don't know where their stance is, what their position is, and you want to know everything about them and what they do, what they think, what they feel. It, 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 in a way, it, it feels like it's a lesser toned down version of If I Was Your Mother, wanting to be so close to someone, wanting to know what they would die for, what they're passionate about, and you, you want to know everything. You know, that, that's how I always interpret this song. That's a real good What's that? Same meaning, just a different beat to it. Yeah, everything else like that's a that's a good one. Um, and I I think the chorus is what stands out for me. What adds the passion and what I learned to really love about the song was you know John's vocals in the chorus when he screams I want to know, and that's kind of how they finish the song too. I want to know. You know, I love that. Um, I thought that was very circleish. But I said that's where this album's be different because it could be a tie for many albums really. Yeah, because a lot of these songs, you know, the only way that you can really think of, okay, which song was this album from is lyrically. Yeah. And that's how, that's how I feel. I feel like some, some of this was for um, What About Now. Um, I also like the part, and this is my favorite line, too, is I want to know what makes you feel. I want to know how love truly heals. And then I also, how I love how that repeats. And then Tico comes in with the drums. And it's like a Tico solo for like five seconds. And boom, boom, boom. I love that. I thought that was really cool for the song. I like I, I like my little my, the, the little Tico moments. Oh, oh. Yeah. At the last song, you can hear Tico a lot. <laughs> um, next one is Fingerprints, and this is written yeah. by John and Billy Falcon. I am ninety nine point nine certain that this was for what about now? I think this was kind of like something that he kind of wrote along the lines with Amen, and he picked which one would fit better, Amen or Fingerprints. I think, obviously, Amen made it. But I would definitely think that this was um, 
for what about now? And you know, in the line, that's what the water made me. You know, love is like fingerprints; they don't wash away. Uh, that's kind of like what this song is about. So that so that kind of puts a nod to what about now album too. You know, like the song. You know, I think the song's all about you know giving someone everything. You know, you give give someone all of you, and then they dump you, and you don't know who you are anymore because you kind of put your you, you put your life around them. Well, and, you know, because fingerprints is what it, this is, it's definitely a figurative song. So fingerprints is you know pretty much saying I gave. All, all of me to you, you know, and my finger, you know, like the line, you know, the last, the finger, the last time that I saw them, they were running through your hair, you know, yeah. finger, you know, stuff that you don't know who you are after you lose someone. That's so. part of and my favorite lyric parts of it, but um, the for I'll tell you this one, when this song caught my attention off the start because uh, when I went to college, I studied criminal criminal justice, and I I, yeah. I liked it a lot. So I was like, oh, fingerprints, let's see how, let's see what it is about. And more or less, you know, the basics of it is like, for instance, you're drinking that bottle right there. I'll put that on the side for a long time. Your, your DNA, your, your special fingerprints and little cuts and everything are going to be over that bottle. Yeah. For time, unless I go and wash them off. So in the scheme of things, John's talking about he's leaving it. He's, for instance, he's leaving his impression on somebody. And they're always going to be there, running through her hair, whatever. And I feel like when they, when if they split up in there, his fingerprints are there until pretty much our fingerprints, until the other person decides to wash them off. So I, I feel like the point of the fingerprints in this part of the song is leaving your mark on somebody, more or less. Yeah, that's 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 another good interpretation too. That's a good way to think of it. To to me, I think it's you know my interpretation. Like I said, I think it's all about giving all of you to someone, and then uh-huh. you're with person and you have to learn to move on but you don't know how because you you put your life around them yeah. um, uh, i like i like how you use the fingerprints for to to put out that kind of feeling though it's highlighted uh, because uh, what more what more can you give to someone than you, you you know fingerprints is what defines you i like to, i you know obviously dna but fingerprints you know no one's fingerprints resemble another person's mm-hmm. and you know so like you give someone your finger, you know, it, it, it's figurative. It's not obviously cutting off your finger and giving it to someone, but it's, you don't know, you can't identify yourself anymore because you gave your all to someone. Exactly. Yeah. So not only that, the guitar in this song is great. It's kind of like a, a click. Oh, get, it sucks you into it right away. That's definitely a Shank solo, but I do applaud him on that solo because it's really good. That, that's amazing and i remember i think this is um uh, i remember i ran into shanks in cleveland you know, we talk about how we hung out in cleveland this is before we hung out i ran i ran into shanks and we were talking about uh this house album and then we talked about burning bridges and he said that fingerprints is one of those songs that um i think i think that it was fingerprints and some of the solo wasn't there for the song and then like a month later john had called shanks to re-record the solo and add it to the song so that was an interesting tidbit of this song but let's go to the next one uh yeah. life life is beautiful and this is written by john billy falcon and i believe krista Stefano also wrote on this one too can i this- give him a shout out though that man has broke tons of hits for 
country music stars and stuff like that. So that ties me in here is like, was this somewhere in, I mean, obviously he's in Nashville. So it's yeah. kind of been a highway kind of meeting that this song was on. Yeah. If- I was going to say, I, I think this is also a lost highway um, song. You know, it kind of resembles walk like a man as far as the message goes, you know, all about a life lesson. You know, despite ups and downs, life is beautiful. Be thankful for what you have and had, you know, and you kind of just like, like when you're mad and depressed and stuff, go outside and look outside and just look at the sun, look at the flowers growing, look at what's around you and that, you know, realize life is beautiful. You know, life is a beautiful thing. And let's give him credit, I'm not to also with Chris DeStefano. He also helped co-write uh, Roller Coaster. Yeah, true. I have yeah. a good good connection with this, but I was like, man, that man, that man can put out some good tunes, and I don't know why he's not in a lot more of these albums or more more of these songs on this album. Yeah, it, another thing I like about the song too is the well, you know, in the beginning, <clears throat> I, I like that um, the guitar is really good. My, I have, I have. Uh, my favorite lyrics are new gets old, the night gets cold, the sad goodbye, life is beautiful, the sky is cracked, we can't go back, dry your eyes, life is beautiful. You know, it's kind of, you know, pretty much, you know, move on, you know, realize life, don't sweat the, the bad stuff, you know, just keep moving forward and, mm-hmm. you know, it just it has a great message. And that's why it's my third favorite on this album. I said, you can do like, no wind, no rain can wash away these hollow words and like, my mouth won't pray, you fly, you fall. Love is life is beautiful. Like in this, even no matter what, same thing. It's another one of them songs which I've caught yeah. a lot. Mentioned like a lot of these songs in here have that <laughs> uplifting chorus of like, hey, it's bad, but look, like I said, look, life is beautiful too. So exactly. I, I said there, there's many, there's a handful of songs in here that if you like those, those very uplifting, more one-on-one kind of songs with lyrics, this is another one. Yep. Uh, next one is I'm Your Man, and it was written by John and John Shanks. This is actually released a week before. Um, so I, th- I think they were trying to push the digital sales. Uh, this was released uh, digitally uh, with the pre-order on August 13th, so a week before the actual release of the album. So um, I, this song, I think, was another experimental song. And, and like I said, John and... Uh, Shanks wrote this. I don't know what inspired John to write this album because it's definitely about having an affair. No need to ask questions with the other person you're having an affair with. You know, you don't care about what problems they're going through. You're just living in the moment and it's an escape from your current relationship. You know, like I said, you're in an affair. How long ago were like were these lyrics in the vault, you know? Yeah, well, that's why I, I feel like this is the sound of it kind of resembles Destination Anywhere album. But at the same time, too, I don't think John really wrote a lot on this album as far as coming from the heart. Because obviously, I don't think he was having an affair with Dorothea. You know, I think, I don't know. I always wonder the inspiration to the song. You know, is it something like where Damned, where he got his inspiration from Damned, from these days album that clearly wasn't about him, but it was about other people. So I think that's kind of what the song is about. You know, I think he was meant for other people. We don't really know. It could have been a song that yeah, anybody had, had half written and John was like, I can finish it. You know, it's no big deal. Just say, yeah. 
put me on this and I go through the lyrics and I'm just like, oh. Yeah. I kind of put across there. I'm glad you said it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it threw me back when I first heard this this song. Yeah, but I really like the part and the line. No, no one's asking questions. No need for the alibis. No need to say those words. Just take my hand. I'm your man. And then it goes into that. I love that guitar. That da 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 da. You know, I love that guitar hook to it. Mm-hmm. You know, Pull it into the song. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially if you like guitar, there is some nice little things in there to get you to go. Yep. Exactly. Uh, just being conscious on time here. So let's go to the next one. Uh, Burning Bridges, which is written by John. Um, I think this was, you know, I know we'll, we'll get into the bonus track tape back tonight, but this, Burning Bridges was like a way to finalize the album, you know, because at the time when this was given, this this was the last album they were going to get. And so Burning Bridges was kind of fitting to be the last song. And it's definitely about the record company. And uh, what I like about it, how it was a fun acoustic song. It kind of, if you look back at New Jersey, with the the last song was "Love for Sale," "Keep the Faith" was a little bit of soul. There and "Diamond" or "Diamond Ring" in these days, all acoustic songs. Mm. You know, "Bounce with Open All Night." Um, so it was kind of nice to have another acoustic fun song at the end that you kind of just you know sing along to. And I I had a with this I I felt a very and I hope you did too, but. Um, and keep the faith. Um, um, save a prayer. That song, the intro, had a very ah, and then beating with the drums. That this has a very similar like riff to me, and it, it's great how John has all the ties and all the goodbyes, sayonara, see you later, and it's yeah. just a couple minute song. It just gets to the point to really yeah. end the American version of it, and I, yeah. I thought that has to have came from something like that or feel from it. Yeah, and I love Tico in the beginning. I think I think that's Tico. With that. One, two, two, I love that. Uh, uh, you know, it's like it's definitely a big fuck you to the record company and the music industry. You know, I I really like the line after thirty years of loyalty, they let you dig the grave. Now maybe you can learn to sing or even strum strum along. I'll give you half the publishing. You're right. I wrote this song. Oh, you know, so it's funny. You know, like these record companies, they you know as it goes into the whole Taylor Swift thing too. These record companies, they want as much as they can get. But, you know, they don't help the artist, right? All they do to help the artist is promote and finance. Yeah. But they're not, in there, they're not in there to write the songs. They're not in there when they're producing and recording the album. You know, and it's, they want all the, they want the credit. You know, they want all, as much as they can take. And so this song really shows the ugliness and greed in the music business. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, like the, the fact that John came up with this song, just a little quick get up to kind of say, give the, give a huge middle finger to them, makes you wonder, especially after all those years to do something like that. You hear stuff like that with Prince, Taylor Swift, all these huge artists that you would think wouldn't, that those kind of issues wouldn't touch them. And it still does. Yep. And, and uh, I'm glad things are, are working out. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they came to terms. Um, Let's go to the bonus track, Take Back the Night. And this is written by John. I like to see those either Billy Falcon or John Shanks that co-wrote this one. I'm drawing a blank on that one. But it was either one of them. Um, and this is a bonus track for the Japanese and Walmart Walmart editions. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like John's vocals in the in, in this song, especially in the verses. 
Um, I I don't know. What do you think? I think this was for um, I mean, to back up. Burning Bridge was obviously a new song that was written for this album. So, but take back the night. I think this was for um, the circle. I, I I lyrically it resembles the circle. Yeah, as I said, a, a lot of these songs in here, I, I, I can almost you can almost pinpoint in a nice six or seven year period. Yeah, I'm written up for like the circle and everything else like that. A lot of a lot of catches and the way they go into the choruses and just guitar riffs and everything else like that. You could tell that a lot of that stuff was written in that time yeah. frame. Yeah. Thankfully, I said people like us can point that out. Most people just go whatever. No, I'm into this. Yeah, I think this song is all about just kind of getting out of ritual and taking charge of your life, and you realize you're tired of living the same boring life. And so I think it's like you know taking back your life and taking back you know taking charge i think night is kind of like a metaphor you know mm-hmm. yeah taking back your life a little bit you, you didn't mention it what what's your favorite song in this album not the, the everything i think i did saturday saturday night gave me oh. sunday morning man that's song. i said that. that's that's one of my songs right now I'm yeah so i was so excited to do this guy like man that is one of my favorite songs yeah um yeah but overall you know this this album was so good and i'm so glad that you know that that we got it because it's definitely those songs that you would would never and you you listen to the whole album none of these songs you don't think would ever make an album if any would have the potential is we don't run on saturday night um but the other ones you can definitely see why they're outtakes but they're gems to us you know but to the music critics and the general fans they, I don't think they would appreciate these songs as much as as we would. No. So, but anyway, buddy, I want to thank you for coming on uh, and uh, talking about this album. You know, I'm gonna have you on it. I've had you on Bon Jovi discussions before. We talked a load about stuff. I'm gonna have you on again once I'm finished with doing these album reviews. But I want to thank you for coming on. I want you to stay safe, and I know we'll we we talk all the time online. So. Yeah, dude. Anytime. I'll talk Bon Jovi anytime. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk for hours. Just oh, like we have we've okay. met quite a few we've met on the Circle Tour, I believe. The the What About Now tour, this house. So we've met on almost every tour since two thousand ten. And I remember we could sit there and we can talk for hours on end. We're turning yeah. into old men that are just gonna talk about all our cool concert experiences. Eventually <laughs> <laughs> being in a nursing home talking about all oh, we saw Bon Jovi fifty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, buddy. Thanks again. All right, I need to see you. Right, see you.